coming up on Art Palace. Ojalá in Spanish means if we are lucky, we're going to have it. It comes from Inshallah. That means if Allah is willing. Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Eyrig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is museum docent Marina Garcia Gámez, who is giving me a tour of the new special exhibition, Treasures of the Spanish World. Before we get out into the galleries, I wanted to just sort of talk to you a little bit about some of the things you've done here at the museum and just give a little introduction to you. So maybe just start by letting us know who you are. Well, my name is Marina Garcia Gámez, mm-hmm. and I, I love art. I have a degree in fine arts, and I also have a master's, and art is very important for me. How yes. did you get into, in, interested in art? Well, uh, someone told me about the opportunity to become a docent, and I came and I went through all the testing you guys do. <laughs> it is and, pretty rigorous. Yes, and they they said yes, and I said wow, and uh, <laughs> and it was a really it was a very nice experience because I had a reminder of many of the the things that I studied during college. Mm. Because you have to go through a very rigorous training tool. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I like it very much. So when, when did you, though, uh, become interested in art earlier? Like, uh, but why did you end up studying art in college? Well, first of all, it was like a struggle because my parents were very worried about me. They said I was going to to have a lot of uh, economical struggling. Right. <laughs> they, they didn't want me to study that, but I was very stubborn. And uh, the the reason is because I I I was and I still am an idealistic person. Yeah. So I thought that, you know, through uh, like art, it's a very nice mean to make people aware of the reality and uh and I, I at the time admire very much uh, Siqueiros and uh, all. Siqueiros was a muralist, a Mexican muralist. Okay. And uh, he was a very strong man, and uh, he used art uh, to promote social justice. Wow. Yes, uh, uh, the same um, than uh, Frida Kahlo's. Husband, Diego no. Rivera. Diego, yeah. Ri- Diego Rivera. Then there is there is another great uh, muralist. In fact, they're called the three great New Mexican muralists, and his name is Orozco, mm. and his uh, works are amazing too. Yeah. So, like those were were my role model model. Yeah. And I I pretty much because I I am a, a, a idealistic person thought one could do. A lot of things through art. Nice. That's why I got interested in art. Nice. So I wanted you to just tell us a little bit about 
uh, how you came to start our Spanish tours here and how that kind of came about and let people know about them. Cause I don't know if, I mean, they're very popular. Sometimes I don't know if we need more publicity. <laughs> we do. <laughs> you do. You've done, yes, because you've do. done, I feel like you've done an amazing job though, of really starting that from scratch. And I've watched them grow to, to, to be very, very popular. Well, uh, I became an adolescent six years ago. So the first two years for me were all about, you know, getting to, to know the museum mm-hmm. and getting to know you guys, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that work here. And then I, in reality, I was a little insecure because I didn't feel that the English I, I spoke was good enough. But, you know, being a docent here at the museum helped me very much mm. to, to dare. Okay. To go outside my comfort zone, and I began to speak more English, and that was amazing for me as a individual. Yeah. So um, after two years, I realized that you know I didn't see very often people speaking Spanish in the museum, mm. and I thought, well, uh, why? Because this is—I really think this museum is a very wonderful place. And we are very lucky in Cincinnati to have this museum. First of all, because everything is for free. Yeah. You can park for free. You can enter for free. And you, and you can, uh, have a docent, you know, talking about art for free. Right. You know, so you, to get more knowledgeable of, of art. So I asked for permission. Right. That's what I did to, to begin to organize this Spanish tour museum, 100% in Spanish. Yeah. And, uh, well, okay. some people were really nice and they were willing to help, you know, asking the right person, <laughs> you know, in the museum, within the museum. And uh, they said yes. And exact, I don't know exactly who said yes, but I was very happy because of that. Yeah. At the time, there was a very nice lady that work here. Her name is Angelina. Mm, yeah. And Angelina said, I will help you to make uh, people aware of this tour in, within the museum. And she was amazing. So I, I didn't feel it was by myself because I had Angelina. Mm. This tour is monthly. It's once a month. Sometimes the first or the second uh, Saturday mm-hmm. of the month at, at noon. So some of... of in the beginning, some of uh, the tours uh, were a failure. Nobody showed up. Yeah. And I really was very, you know, I, I got sad. But you guys, including you, Russell, you would tell me, don't worry. <laughs> it, it'll get better, you know. And they would, you know, you some of you guys cheered up for me, yeah, yeah. you know. And, uh, well, I kept, you know, trying and trying and persevering. Mm-hmm. And then some people began to show up. Mm. And I was very lucky because some of the people that began to show up were teachers. Mm. Yeah. And they liked what I was doing. Mm. So I can think about uh, Berta Garcia. Hopefully she, she'll listen to this. <laughs> because I, ha- I am really grateful. I also, I th- uh, one guy, his name is Henry Rivas. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of, of a website where he posts all the activities uh, Latinos like to do. Okay. So he said to me, well, I'll, I'll post it. 
So everybody that gets in knows about it. Then I, through Berta, they began to bring her students, some of them, the uh, ones that wanted to come. Yeah. And then uh, uh, another teacher that was amazing, her name is Marta Simmons, came to one of the, of the tours and told me that she was a Xavier uh, teacher. Okay. And she said, well, I will tell the, the, the teachers from Xavier that we have this opportunity for our Spanish students. So uh, if they want to get an extra credit, they can just come and listen to your tour and, you know, make a report right. and give it to us. And I, I'm really amazed because uh, I really was worried about Latino people not coming to the museum. Mm. But, the, you know, suddenly I realized that in some of the tours, like 70% of the people that was, you know, participating were, were, were North Americans. Yeah. And they, and they were people that liked Spanish. Mm. I'm not talking about the students. Right, I'm talking right. about people from Cincinnati that liked the uh, Latin, uh, Latin American culture mm. and they wanted to get better at Spanish. Yeah. So it, it, for me, you know, to me it was amazing because you know, there were people that were interested in our culture in a different way. Yeah. So what we have now is uh, uh, some uh, Latin people that comes. And I, I every, every time that I'm going to have a tour, I have some people that I call, I send emails, I, and I tell them, we're going to have a tour. Yeah. <laughs> and then they pass on the, the you know, the information. And then what is amazing is also all those, you know, American people that come. Yeah. They want to listen Spanish and, they were, and they're live and they love art. Yeah, yeah. So the, the museum is a, 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 a nice place for them to come. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to go look at the new exhibition. Yes. Uh, I'm going to mess up the title every time because it's really long <laughs> from the Hispanic Society. Yeah, I have uh, them the same. An amazing collection. So um, if you're ready, we can go on up. Yes, let's go. Okay, awesome. So we're actually in the exhibition right now. We're right at the beginning. And uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about the labels in this exhibition. Yes. Uh, like it was a really nice surprise to see that we have labels in English and Spanish. Yeah. Probably. It's a bilingual exposition, right? So it is incredible. Yeah, it yes. was It was actually, I, I didn't know that was going to be the case either. And when I walked in, it was surprising because I don't think I've ever seen it, you know, and there's been probably lots of times where it would have been nice to have bilingual uh, labels for many shows, but this one, I guess, really makes sense too. Um, yes. So yeah, it was, it was nice to see that. I'm sure it's a lot friendlier to a lot of people to be able to just read that. and just, Yes, in know. their own language. And well, it's because... You know, this exhibition is the way it is um, organized. To me, it's really nice because it's chronologically. Yeah. The first gallery we can visit, it's about the Romans. Yeah. In Spain. Well, it wasn't 
It wasn't called Spain at the time. It was called Hispania. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Latin, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, the, whatever the Latin version you know, of that yes, word is. Exactly, yeah, great, great. Yes, exactly. Yes. So we can see how the Roman uh, art was the, developed in, in Spain. And it's Roman art. Yeah. Right? It's not... Uh, it does, and it has characteristic of, of Roman art. And we even have a more uh, a- ancient pieces mm. that come from a culture before the Romans. Oh, wow. That's called the bell beaker culture. And uh, it's related to Celtics. Yeah. So here, what is, I think, very important for the people that, w- that will be willing to come is to learn that uh, the Spanish people... They come from many origins. Hmm. They have, they have DNA from, from the Celts, from the Roman, and, uh, and then later on from the Moors or yeah. from the Muslims. And because they were there for 800 years and, and the Jewish people, they were there for 1000 years. So of course, you know, because they were living together, there is a very, you know, intense uh, interchange of cultures, and and you can see that in the pieces of art. Yeah, that is fascinating. And these pieces, these first ones were st- that are the kind of the first case you come to. These are really old. I mean, this one says twenty eight hundred BCE, possibly. So, yes, I mean yes. that's so old. So yes, and and you know the and something else. It's they are very 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 old, and they. The, they are in very good shape. Yeah. They're yeah. very well, uh, how do you say, when you, you take care of them? Conserved. Conserved, yes. Yeah. So we are very lucky being able to see these kind of things in this museum. Yeah, that's yes. great. Yes, and then, as I said, we have the, the, it's called La España de las Tres Culturas. It's the three culture Spain. The ones that we have in this, um, exhibition are amazing because you can see how the the muslims brought to spain many techniques mm. many knowledge, uh, knowledge like for example uh, uh their math their philosophy of course and and the techniques they they used and there were there was a mixture of the european mm. uh, culture mm-hmm. and the muslim uh, culture yeah. in, at the, the at this period of time yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's actually when when uh, you mention that if, if you look at some of these uh, ceramic pieces, and I'm thinking about the Islamic pieces downstairs in the Near Eastern Gallery, yes. and like when you go through there and some of ceramics. that ceramics, yes. it's like there's a lot of similarities. Actually, you can see there, in the sort of design the yes because the styles. they they use a lot of uh, shapes that yeah. are. Those shapes are organic, mm-hmm. you know, and, and very geometrical shapes, yeah. you know. For example, here we have a, a mudejar chest, and uh, it has inlays of ivory. The, the work, the technique, is amazing. Yeah. It's very delicate. And uh, these this kind of works come from, uh, from the Muslim world. Well, let's move on. Yes, let's move on because here in the next gallery, there is something that is amazing. And uh, when I saw that, it was, how can I tell it? It was, to me, it was, uh, I cannot have even words to describe this. This is a baptismal uh, fountain. Mm-hmm. So in, it was in a church. So 
it is a huge like basin. Yeah. And you can see that, you know, on the sides, there is a cross, yeah. you know, with some ornaments at the end of the cross. And there is a um, Christogram. It's called a Christogram. A Christogram. And it's an abbreviation of Christ. And this is supposed to be there to protect the basin. Oh, right? Okay. So, but here it is not very obvious, but this, this basin is from the time uh, Muslim Jewish, Jewish people and Christians would live together. Oh. So there are in the lower part of the Christogram, the hand of Fatima that is supposed to be the daughter of the prophet. Hmm. And so we have represented in this baptismal basin three cultures and three religions because hmm. this hand is also called the Hamsa hand and is used for protection in the Jewish culture. Oh, wow. So it is amazing to see how in this period of time they could, you know, live together. Of course, it wasn't easy or they had some problems sometimes. But one of the things that was amazing from the cultural point of view is how they exchange knowledge. Mm. All those three cultures at this moment, they exchange a lot of philosophical knowledge, uh, math, like algebra in Spanish. Many, many words have uh, influence of our Arabic. Yeah, yeah. So all the words that be, be, begin with A-L, like algebra. Right. And in English too. Right, right. Algebra, algorithm, everything comes from Arabic. Mm. And also the words that begin with G-U-A. And we still use this, these words until today. In fact, we have a word that is a, that is a very nice word that is ojalá. Ojalá? Ojalá in Spanish means if we are lucky, we're going to have it. Like, ojalá this would happen. It's, okay. Yes. But it comes from Arabic and it, in me, and it comes from, uh, inshallah. Hmm. That means if Allah is willing. So in Spanish, we use this word all the time and we don't know it. Many of us don't know it, but it comes from Arabic. Wow. That's fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah, that's yes. great. And there's something that is very important to understand is that you know, from now on, religious art is very important in Spain. So you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, sculptures of saints mm. and people that are interested in the in saints and uh, Bibles and things and the stories of the Bible. They're going to see representations of those saints and their lives. Yeah, this this exhibition is full of these wooden uh, sculptures that are painted. Um, they're so so nice. They're that's probably one of my favorite things about this exhibition are all these sculptures. They're just beautiful. Yeah, and you know it's it's very it's like very familiar to the uh, Latin American people because when we when the people go to the church, that's what they see. Right. That's all the icons that you're going to see inside mm -hmm. the churches. It's like entering a church. Yeah. And then we have this. It's a Bible that is a Jewish Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's written in um, Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And what is amazing about it is how this Bible survived. Because in, in 1492, the, the king and the queen uh, asked all the Jewish people to leave uh, Spain 
or to convert. Right. So, and, and this Bible was kept in a family that they had to leave. So they immigrate to Portugal. Oh, okay. Because in Portugal, they didn't ask, they didn't ask yet <laughs> for Jewish to leave. Right. So they kept this for many, many years. And then uh, this Bible was kept in secret for years and years and years until the Hispanic Society of America bought it. Oh, okay. Yes. So it isn't because one of the things that Isabella and Fernando, that were the, the Catholic uh, king and queen, mm -hmm. did, it was to burn all those books. Oh, wow. Yes. They wanted to burn everything that was related to other religions that were not Catholicism. Yes. Wow. And that's, is that the same uh, Isabel of uh, Christopher Columbus fame? Yes, it is the <laughs> same one. Thinking, like, that timeline works out, right? It's like yes, yes. 1490s and yeah. Yes, 1492. Yeah. So the Bible you're talking about, I mean, the illustration on it is just so meticulous and oh, it's just yes. really gorgeous. It yeah. is gorgeous. And you're not talking about what you, you said about the period of time that was made. We can find in this uh, exhibition, uh, books that were made by hand mm. in the 10th century. Wow. Nine, you know, 11th century. So we're going to find books made by hand. And as you said, they're meticulous. They're made uh, with gold. And, and the illustrations are so wonderful that they look like paintings. Yeah. So if, if there are... Uh, People listening to us that love books, this is the right place to be. <laughs> I love this room too because when you come in, they've it, it just it feels like you're in a library, and and they've mixed the books that are part of the exhibition with these other books, you know, catalogs and things you can sit down and read. So it's just a very cozy feeling room. It, it feels like you're in an old library. So I just love what they've done with this exhibition in this way. Yes, it is amazing. And then we, we come to see the Renaissance and Baroque in Spain that is called, is called uh, El Siglo de Oro, that mm. is very, very important in Spain. And because they had so much money at the time, they had the opportunity to, you know, the, the culture would uh, um, develop very much. And uh, there are uh, paintings and portraits of that are amazing. Yes. Yeah. We're standing in front of, uh, this, uh, painting here, this sort of man in armor and he's, the armor is so ornate and just beautifully painted. The little like reflections on it, it are just, is. it's just beautiful. It's, it's an amazing painting. And if you love jewelry, you can, you know, there is a display of the finest jewelry. I, Incredible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, very. And, and with, again, the, the technique that was used by the Muslims and the Jews. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing. Yeah. That is called filigrana. Filigran? Filigrana? Filigrama. Grama. Yes. And maybe we have the translation here. No, there is no... I don't find what... How do you say filigrana in, Spanish, in English? I'm sorry. Hmm. I wonder if it's like filigree. 
Yes. Filigree. Filigree (laughs) Filigree is like, uh, you know, usually any sort of ornamental thing is usually what we call like that design that's like very ornamented and very decorative. In jewelry, it's very, very delicate. Okay. And, you know, this, all those, uh, this knowledge of Muslim jewelry went up to Italy through Sicily and to Spain through Sevilla. And uh, you can find beautiful pieces of jewelry in in those places and you can find these pieces of um, jewelry in Latin America mm. because they brought these techniques to Latin America right right yes should probably mention this El Greco here. Oh, yes, of course. Probably shouldn't walk by, but <laughs> one of the biggest names in the, the exhibition and something. Uh... Yeah, yeah. And here in the museum, in the permanent uh, collection, we have a Greco. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we have another one right now because of this exhibition that is that it's like you in the moment you see it, you know, it's a Greco. Oh, yeah. It's very, very easy to identify that sort of. The way the bodies feel kind of twisty. And, and the colors. Yeah, it's very stark. There's always that really harsh white. Like in, in this is painting is of St. Jerome. And so his beard has that really bright white, but then that really contrasty dark background. It's very similar to our painting of our uh, crucifixion, which is also has a really dark background. And then the crucifixion is very bright. You know, it stands out. Um and I love how, like, tiny his head is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look how small his head is. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, it's so expressive in a way that's sh- kind of shocking for uh, 1600. Yeah, and the reason, you know, this uh, con- uh, contrast is very, very strong because he was influenced by the Italian Tenebrismo, mm. you know. And what happened is that the contrast between the, the bright parts and the dark parts is very, very evident. Yeah. Well, and it makes a very dramatic feeling yes. too. It makes that, it just, it makes it, it feel so dramatic when you have it, that con, that kind of contrast. But yeah, it's, I would, now that we're talking about it, I would love to see this painting with our El Greco oh, next to be. it. But especially because he's, uh, St. Jerome is looking at a crucifix and then it would be mm-hmm. amazing to see the crucifixion next to it. I'm now I'm like, ah, oh, what a shame we couldn't do that. But, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're two different collections. It would have, we didn't, we didn't combine our collections in in any way with this exhibition and there was certainly more than enough to uh, fill the space with <laughs> so <laughs> and one of the characteristic of the spanish art and painting is this dramatization mm, yeah using those how do you say bright the contrast of the bright and the darkness and especially during the baroque yeah, yeah. yes yes and you, you can you can see a this in, here in three of those paint, in, of the paintings. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They do have that. A, a lot of them have that really stark contrast. So we have. We should talk about this. Oh yeah. Because it's a Velázquez, isn't it? Yes. This the yeah. This I think both of these are Velázquez, aren't they? Both of them. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes. 
And you know, many of us are, uh, have seen, well, we have a Velasquez here in the museum. Yeah, we have too. one that I think is attributed to the studio of Velasquez. So yes. that's one of those, like, I'm not sure. <laughs> Nobody wants to commit and say it is, I guess, a fully Velasquez, but we believe, you know, he was maybe involved at some hand. I mean, I think when, when I look at the painting styles of, I mean, I, it feels very Velasquez, our painting does. And, um, you know, it's easy to see the connections between those. He has such a distinct way of painting faces that when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, that's Velasquez. Yeah. Uh, the Meninas, this uh, mm -hmm. uh, painting was his like uh, main uh, piece of art. Right. Uh, because he was a, uh, he taught the world how to see uh, an object to different perspective. Mm. So that's why he's so important in the history of, uh, of art. Yeah. So, well, here in those, those paintings, we cannot see that, but we can see that he's a master of, he knows what he's doing. He, the, the, this man that we are seeing, he's a very important man because, of course, they had to pay for the painting and just very, you know, important people or the church could pay for Velasquez. Right. But this one is, I think, uh, his gr granddaughter or something like that. I feel like they said they weren't exactly sure who it was, but they have probably some theories. Like, I think that's a guess. Yes, it says, like, uh, portrait of a little girl. But it's so nice. It is really nice. Yeah, it says, it. it says they, they continue to puzzle over whom it represents. So I don't know for sure, uh, but it's funny because this painting over here is so big, but I, I'm so much more drawn to this painting. Um, and I think it's just, it has, it captures such character in her face. But then I also love how the body is so brushy and, you know, you have these different levels of finish on the painting. It's a much more interesting painting to me. Well, it's really nice. It's really. beautiful. Yeah. And here it's where we are going to find the, um, the map of yeah. Ves uh, Americo Vespucho. Uh, I think it's his. Yeah. This is the nephew of America, uh, Amerigo Vespucci. Vespucho. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there is no Peru, there is no <laughs> Colombia, Venezuela, no yet, because they, they didn't find, at the time, they didn't know it existed. Yeah, it's really incomplete. And uh, what about Texas and uh, Canada? They didn't, it, it didn't exist at the time, apparently. Yeah, and it just, it, you know, it's funny because it's, it, I love things like this because in one way it feels really distorted, but then at the same time, the map that we're used to seeing is also a distortion because it's a projection from a, a round object. It's not really totally accurate either when we see any flat representation of the earth has always got some kind of distortion on it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really quirky piece. Like I, I love this and I love the little illustrations of animals, you know, that you might find in these places. Like you have these little camels and things in the deserts and it's, it's really nice. But, and then believe it or no, we have codices, Mexican codices, and we have a codice is like a document where, and here is specifically, it's about the gene genealogy of Macuitzochitl, that was a ruler in one of the realms of Mexico. Okay. And it, this is incredible because 
It was made in um, about uh, 1570s, in mm -hmm. the 1570s, and it was made by in indigenous people. Yeah. What's the... So it's just a sort of parchment paper. I love you can see the stitching that's like holding the paper together in places. Yes. It's so crazy. And, and what is amazing is that we still can see this. Yeah. Yeah. And that is here. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I love these. And for example, here we have pieces from all uh, the Americas. We have things from Colombia, from Peru from Mexico, and for here there is a piece of ceramics that is, was made in uh, Puebla, that is a city, a city in Mexico. But it's amazing because we have to remember that the Spanish had uh, territories in, in all the world, in the Americas and in Asia too. Yeah. So in this piece, we can see Asian influence, mm. Chinese influence, and we can see the technique of the Muslims. Mm -hmm. And also, there are few things that, that tell us it's not from Spain, that it, it is from the Americas, from Mexico. Interesting, yeah. So there is like a mixture yeah. of, uh, of cultures here in just one piece. So right now we are in 1660. Yeah. So it has been quite a bit of years that have passed and here, there, in in one piece, we have all the knowledge, all together. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And here, we can see a, a map of Texas when when Texas was not uh, it was United States yet. They are some of the cities that exist today. Today, in the United States. In the yeah. United States. Yeah. I yes. Mean, it's 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 a yeah. There was. A, large portions of the United States that used to be part of Mexico. And we have a few maps of, for example, the Mexico City mm -hmm. here. When the, the city was very small, of course, and this is from 1776, you know, and when I think that Mexico City right now has 23 million of people, and I, I see this, this, and I see this is the origins of Mexico City, and we, and in Mexico, there is still this, this, uh, downtown place. Yeah. And at the time, the, 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 the city of Mexico was called the city of chateaus or palaces hmm. because there were a lot of them. But right now you cannot say that anymore. No, no more, no more palaces. <laughs> no palaces anymore. And this is, this is a view of, uh, we call it, uh, it's called the Zocalo of the, where it's, it, uh, there is the presidential, the presidential okay. palace, and then the main uh, church of the Mexico City, the cathedral of Mexico City. And this, the, what is called the Zócalo has changed so many times. Yeah. And this is one of the first ones. So if, if there are uh, some Mexicans that would like to come and see this, they would be surprised. Well, I was blown away by this piece right next to it, which is sort of the same view of the same plaza, um, but it's all in cut paper. And it is incredible because it is every single little detail of this. It looks like it has this beautiful lace around it, but everything is just cut paper. It's full of these detailed little lines that make up, you know, that almost look like a drawing or an engraving, but they're just cut out of this, you know, single sheet of paper. It's absolutely mind blowing to me. And it's, it's what we call in, in, uh, in Mexico, it's called 
papel picado. Okay. It's cut, cut paper. paper. Yeah. But the technique, guess uh, where, where is it from? Where? China. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Again, all that global influence of everybody moving all over the world. This here, it's, it's painted on, on metal. So the reason they did that is because if you, if you see this painting, I'm sorry we didn't say that it, this was St. Michael striking down the rebe rebellious angels. And this is all on copper. And the reason they use the copper is because the, the copper reflects more the light. Hmm. So when I saw this painting, the first thing that I thought is it looked like three-dimensional. Yeah, it it's, does have a, it's, it has so much depth to it. Yeah, you're right. It is different from what we have seen until now. Mm -hmm. There's also something about the, the surface of that copper probably just being so smooth that changes the, the way, even compared to painting on like wood panel or something, there is a certain different smoothness that the copper gives the painting um, that you wouldn't get maybe from another surface. Yes. Yes, it is amazing. And what about this, Russell? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I saw this and was like, what is happening? <laughs> and this is uh, the wedding of Can at Cana. And this is a Mexican painting, too. And the thing is that they, it's oil mixed with pan in a, uh, on a panel, uh, a wood panel, but with the lave of mother, mother of pearl. Yeah, so it's got this shimmery, glowy kind of weird quality to it. Um, and it's especially strange because it is mixed with the painting. So you, your eyes sort of can't always tell what is just the sort of mother of pearl. If it's like it, a, a, something bright that comes. It, yeah. Yes, it is. It is very peculiar. Yeah. It's really eye catching when you come around and you see this, it, it, it really pulled me in. And I, you know, there's something about like, I don't know, things with mother of pearl that could come off as sort of, I don't know, like kitschy or souvenir art or something you might buy. But this is so much stranger than that, that it really, I'm really into it. And I think it's, it is the way it mixes the, the two techniques, um, so well, it's just really strange in the way, like those reflective bits are making up, you know, both the architecture, the sort of shiny plates in the background. It's like, it's used very well, um, and the figures in front, who I'm assuming we have Mary and, and Jesus here. Um, uh, if you think about the technique and you think about the value of the painting by itself, not about the theme, this is a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. This is something that is so well done. And uh, it, it, you, you know, it's, it's something that breathtaking, at least for me. Yeah. You know, it is amazing. It is amazing. And then when I see these, I remember those uh, those uh, uh, pieces that we saw that they had a Muslim influence mm. within late. Mm -hmm. So why, why did they choose to do that? It's because they already saw these kind of things. So there is an influence, even though this was made in Mexico in 16... 1696. Yeah, but that sort of technique might still be sort of making its way all the way from and through Spain. And in China, they into... have this technique too. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is an influence from Asia to Europe 
and then from the Muslim world to Europe, yeah. and then all this knowledge came to to the Americas, and that's something that sometimes we don't think about it. So when we think, oh, this is from Spain, right? Okay, yes, it is from Spain, but. I mean, I think even the show has a, a such a big scope and big scale of being both Spain and Latin America. But even then, what you're saying is it brings in even wider and huger influences from all over. Yeah. Yes. Well, do you want to go over to the last uh, part of the exhibition? If you want to. Yeah. Let's just quickly try to run over there um, because I don't want people to miss it either. <laughs> So we're sort of standing in front of uh, the Duchess of Alba by Goya. And this is in the last part of the exhibition, which um, the show is so large that it had to be split into uh, three different galleries, basically. We had the the two we just went through, which is um, our Western Southern galleries, uh, which... It's pretty normal to have a show that runs across both of those, but it's very uncommon for it to go all the way into the shift gallery here, also on the second floor. Uh, so definitely don't want to miss this part of the exhibition because it is got some of the really nice highlights, and this is sort of the latest work in the exhibition, too. So we're getting into the uh, 19th century almost yes. here with this painting. This is from 1797, so just at the end of the 18th century. You know, Goya was one of the greatest, and his technique is amazing, and uh, apparently this woman, uh, Duchess of Alba, was his life crush. Yeah. He had yeah. a crush. The, the rings you know, on her hand, one of the rings says Goya. Yeah. So apparently the Duchess never saw this painting. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't know if she would have been very happy uh, seeing herself with a Goya uh, ring. ring. Yeah, it's yes. almost like he's sort of marrying her in a way. Um, and yes. then her finger, if you follow that finger, she's pointing at the sand where it says at her feet, solo Goya. Exactly. Uh, just, yeah. just Goya, the greatest, <laughs> right? You know, uh, like seeing a Goya, he's must, you know, he's a master of, of painting and looking at the, at the embroidery in the clothes of this woman, the way he, he uses the brush and the, the spatula. And the, the way he puts the gold on, uh, on the top of her, of the black. And the expression of this woman is, is amazing. Yeah. And you can see all these detailed things with the background that is almost like a dream. It's, 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 it's very impressionistic, which is a word. It's kind of not fair to use because that hadn't happened yet, you know, but that's how advanced he is that it's hard not to think of it. And I feel like this is one of those paintings you also really need to come see in person because, well, the images that you'll see of it when it's reproduced are are fine. It's a nice painting, but you miss that difference of technique um, when you don't see it in person, because like you're saying from a distance, you know, it feels very, both accurate in the way that things are rendered and, and, you know, you're talking about the fabric, the way you can see through the, the, the transparency of the materials. But then when you get up close, 
it just, it's paint, you know, and he's letting you see that it's paint in a way that is really modern for, you know, for the time, yeah, for the time people weren't doing things like that for another hundred years almost, you know, when I look at her sleeve, it, it reminds me of the kind of brushstrokes you're going to see in our Van Gogh painting um, in about 100 years from now, right? <laughs> you're going to exactly. see it in like the 1890s. You're going to see this again, um, but all over. And here is where, you know, somebody's kind of starting that. And it's it's crazy. Even this background here the that you were talking about feels sort of dreamy. It reminds me of... Foggy. Uh, yeah. It reminds me of our... Uh, the painting by a Cincinnati artist in the Cincinnati wing by uh, Twachtman that's called springtime. I think that he painted in, in France. Um, but it's this very hazy impressionistic uh, landscape that again would be happening over a hundred years in the future. Yes. <laughs> so, so it was just like, that's how ahead of his time he was, you know, he's just, so, he's, he's the best. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then we have this, these that you could say it's like a mundane um, theme. Okay. Yeah. And we have the world of Goya in, her, in his printings. Yeah. You know, where he was uh, ironical and he was uh, very critical of the, of, of the society at the time. No, he's known uh, as a master of, of uh, printing, mm-hmm. you know, and he was very, very brave because he was, uh, make evident injustices mm. when, when it was a time he couldn't have done that. You yeah. know, you know, it's the censor was, and sometimes like, and, and when you look at them, it's something like very, here it's a bull. A bull attacked by dogs. But if you think, uh, in another way, like in a political way, you know, the bull, it's, is the symbol, uh, is symbolic, uh, uh, for Spain. Right. It's, it represents Spain. And who are the dogs? Right. What's happening at the time in Spain that, because those are not, like nice dogs. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They are like uh, hunting dogs. They are very violent dogs. So what is going on here? Yeah. He's telling us what is on going on in Spain right now. Yeah. And also, you know, there's sort of these people watching in the background and it's like, did they... Are they setting this up or, you know, like, what is their role in this? You know, I think that's also part of that kind of social critique you're also sort of hinting at there. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, you go, we have one, two, three, four, five of them. Mm -hmm. But each one, you you know, you can spend a pretty, pretty amount of time looking at them and, you know, and thinking, what is the meaning what is the underline of each one of them? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's, he's sort of, he's, he's unafraid of making sort of these scenes that are, can become grotesque or, you know, sometimes sort of really silly. I mean, the, this, this one is one of my favorites. This, uh, this guy sort of peeking through this like peephole while looking at a peep show while, his butt is <laughs> open in his pants and this lady's looking at that. So it's just like multi-levels of like voyeurism. And it says, Tutti Limondi. Tutti Limondi, it, it, it means uh, todo, 
uh, all, all the, the worlds, world. right, right? Of the worlds. So right. you can, yeah, so tutti i libondi. Which is such a, again, it's so funny because it's not, um, it doesn't tell you exactly what to think, you know? No. It just... It's totally subjective. Yeah, so you kind of, he lets you figure out what that means in a way. To you. You know, like... How is this like all of the world? What what does that mean on a grander sense? You know, you could either you could easily give that a title that would make it a lot smaller, um, even something kind of silly or funny. But by calling it that, it gives it this big implications. Oh, oh all the world. Yeah. So <laughs> let's think about it. Yeah. Yes, and this is another one. This is Goya too. Yeah. But uh, this is like, uh, to me, is more classic. You're right. And I think uh, even painting style. Yes. It doesn't feel as like radical as the, the Duchess does, you know, and it, it almost, it's funny when you think about probably that has to do with also the tastes of the people who are buying the work probably a little yes, bit. Yes, maybe. Know? And then, you, well, we have to remember that Goya, he died uh, in his house, you know, in a closed house. He didn't want to. He didn't want to leave the house anymore. And he, he kind of, he kind of became crazy. Yeah. With his. Uh, so it's it's very interesting to relate what we're seeing the period of time we we, we should have seen that too. And, and then here we are in like a more modern. Mm-hmm modern world and we have things that are familiar to us like art that uh, when I see this kind of things it's uh, made in Catalonia in Barcelona and because it was it is closer to France it has this Parisian yeah. Uh, twist. I mean, it taste. looks like, I mean, it's funny because this is from 1900 and it, it would look, if you would put this in the Paris 1900 exhibition, it would be, it, it would look right be, at home. Yes, right, right at home. Yes, that's exactly. Yeah, the French influence on it is very, it looks like a piece by Toulouse-Lautrec or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, there are wonderful, um, incredible pieces of paintings. And when you see these paintings, Look at their faces. It's very expressionist. Yeah. I'm not saying ex- uh, there is an expression. You know, normally the Spanish painting, not all, all of it, of course, but uh, uh, from this time also, their their, their faces, their, their 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 expression is is very strong. Right. And we have this painting that is a portrait. Uh, of a um, family of the uh, gypsy bullfighter. Yeah, these these paintings have like some really unusual colors. I feel like the greens in them are just so intense, um, and it's it's got a sort of unusual palette. But that's what I'm sort of most attracted to. Um, there's also something I love about this painting is how everybody really. It feels like an individual portrait of almost every person. Yes. You know, like they really, ha- each person you can look at and, and get a real story for them. Just like, what's going on? You know, it's, they're all such characters. Yes. And, and, well, it's supposedly the women had a, a, a very important uh, place in the family. Mm. So you can see this woman seated just in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, reinforcing this idea yeah. That she is, she is the one that 
rules. That's true. That's great. I mean, that that is a total reversal of of maybe some other kinds of family portraits you might see where you would have the strong man in this sort of patriarchal way. And here we have this older woman who's the matriarch of the family, who is the center of it. And she's sort of seated with a lot of authority. It's like a throne. Um, and I love the way he's, he's so great uh, at painting the, the highlights on the rings and things and the, the little reflections. And the, this, this was painted by Ignacio Zuluaga y Zabaleta. That is supposed to be one of the, how we say, important mm-hmm. painters at the time. Yeah, right. I'm glad you you handled that name because I was looking at it and I was like, <laughs> it's like, uh. and then what we have here that is amazing. Oh, these are so good. It's uh, the the painting from Sorolla mm-hmm. that is known as one of the most most important impressionist, or, or they call it paisajista too. That is related to landscapes mm-hmm. uh, of the time, and. It's you when you see those paintings, you understand you immediately understand why he's considered one of the greatest. Yeah. The way he uses the brush, the colors, you know, it is very, it's very difficult, you know, to all those colors that are kind of uh, uh, grayish. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult not to spoil a painting mm. using this kind of colors. Well, they're also... And I he mean, knows what he's doing. They're, they're, it's masterful because he's capturing the way a the moment. sky is reflecting off of water and you can still see sand through the water. But, you know, so he's capturing that murky brown, but with that blue on top of it. Um, and yeah. that distinct way that light reflects off of water in that way we recognize too. And on on the skin of the... Yeah. Because there are a boy and a girl, you know, playing on uh, on the water. So as as Russell said, we can see the the sand, but we know it's water on the top. Yeah. I I don't know how we know it, but we know it. (laughs) We know it because we know how light looks. Like we're we're used to seeing it. It's like like when you see those bright uh, reflections on the skin, when you see that bright white in that little spot, you know that's wet. You know, like, yes. because if it, if, if it was dry skin, it wouldn't reflect quite so brightly. Um, yes. So the, it's that weird way that water reflects light and he's capturing it. And it's not just the way water reflects light. It's the way water reflects light in the middle of the day. Right. Like this is high noon. You can just kind of tell it's like right in the middle of the day because. Because of the shades. Yeah. The shadows and just the way that that particular color, I feel like you see see that when you're at the beach if it was like an overcast day we wouldn't be getting that kind of blue in that light in the in the reflection so it's just it's he's really capturing that really particular moment and the energy of the brush strokes you know it's 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 what we think about impressionism we were just talking about this with the the uh, goya of like this is a hundred years later you know but but there it is again um but on in his painting, it was in those little tiny moments, and here it's everywhere. Yes. It's everywhere all at once. So, so this, this is worth it to, to come and see. <laughs> if you come and see just this, it's worth it. It's a great painting. <laughs> yes, it's a great And the other one, the, the girl, well, yeah. all well, of three. them. Yeah, there's several. There yeah. is three, but the, the one, there is one 
that is called After the Bath. Mm -hmm. It's a young girl. And uh, she she's dressing herself, but the transparency of the fabric is I ca I cannot even describe it. You yeah. have to look at it to understand how he how can this painter could have achieved this. Mm -hmm. It is it is a very very difficult very difficult thing that he did. Well, it's it's uh, I actually when we uh, I talk about uh, the painting in the Cincinnati wing, uh, the First Communion by Elizabeth Nurse. Yes, this, it's a similar thing I like to talk about there that we have going on here, where we know this person is holding a white cloth up, right, to cover her up. Um, well, this cloth is wet. Right. Yeah, but we know it's white. But look at all of the different colors in that white. There are blues, there are yellows, there are greens. Yeah. There are violets. It is, and we know it's white. Yes, you know it's a white fabric, but when you look at it, you can see how many, and that's like, that's what, that's what makes him great, right? Is that he was able to see those colors in there and know how that's working because he knows that our brain knows that it's white, but he's able to see past what he knows and to see what he sees and to see that, oh, but actually the white is going to be reflecting some of the yellow of this other fabric that she's wearing. Plus it's going to be reflecting the sky, which is reflecting off of this and reflecting off of that. So it's all of those reflections that actually are full of color. Um, and that's what makes it feel alive. Yes. You know, definitely there is movement I you I feel the breeze. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> yes, I smell the I I smell it too. I smell <laughs> the, the. It is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are certain paintings where it's like, I think all of these, like we were saying, like when you look at that water in that other in this the the Soroya we started looking at, it's impossible not to know how that water is moving, right? You've seen it. You've, you've felt that. It's, it's like you can feel the temperature of the water, right? Yes, when you yes, look at exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yes. It's totally worth it. You, we, we really recommend for you guys to come. Totally. Well, totally. thank you so much for uh, walking me through this today. No, thank you for, for teaching me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you taught me more. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope you'll be inspired to come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have conversations about the art yourself. General admission to the museum is always free and we also offer free parking. Special exhibitions include The Levy, a photographer in the American South, Women Breaking Boundaries, and Treasures of the Spanish World. If you want to take a tour of Treasures of the Spanish World, join us at 6.30 p.m. every Thursday night through January 16th for a docent-led tour. Both the tour and admission to the exhibit are free on these evenings. If you are interested in taking a tour in Spanish, check the website for the monthly public tour that Marina spoke about or call 513-639-2975 to schedule a private Spanish tour for your group. For program reservations and more information, visit CincinnatiArtMuseum.org. You can follow the museum on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and even join our Art Palace Facebook group. Our theme song is Ofrande Musicale by Bacalaun. And as always, please rate and review us to help others find the show. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum. 